0: They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald
1: pastors.
0: Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Cenabaldo,
1: and I'm Joe McGarry,
0: and we are two follicly challenged pastors serving in congregations in the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Today we have with us a special return guest, Woohoo! Woo! our second ever return guest, Pastor Keith Anderson.
2: All right. How's it going? Good to be with you guys. Good to be back in New England doing this live. Yeah. yeah we
0: are actually in the same room together, the three of us doing that, which is not normal for us. Mm-hmm.
1: We're usually on Skype or just doing this telecommunication, and but here we are together in the same room, and it is, is good.
0: It's good. Yeah. We're here for our... Bishop Convocation, which is a gathering every fall of the rostered ministers in our synod, and usually some speakers come in, and we have some time for refreshment and uh, fellowship together. And one of the speakers that is with us is Keith, so it's it's fun having you here.
2: It's fun to be back. It's been five years since uh, we moved out of New England Synod down to Southeast Penn, so it's always nice to be back on the territory and see old friends.
1: So we were excited to have Keith because we have run out of friends to talk to. (laughs) We don't have that many so So, uh, here we are.
2: I suspected that as we were putting these plans (laughs) together.
1: (laughs) No, seriously, uh, Keith continues to do good work in the church, um, especially in the area of uh, technology and digital ministry. So uh, we wanted to bring Keith in and just kind of get updated because technology and digital ministry stuff um, continues to advance and improve as technology improves. He's coming out with a reboot of Click to Save, and uh, that's coming out in March of 2018. So, um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about the process of uh, this, the reboot and uh, how that came to be.
2: Well, uh, the first edition of Click to Save came out in 2012, which is... That long the, ago? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, wow. So uh, by the time it gets out next year, that'll be six years. Yeah, which no is kidding. Light years for technology, as you know, right? So, right. We didn't have anything on podcasting uh, then. We didn't have anything on Snapchat or Pinterest or Instagram, all these technologies and platforms that have come about since we wrote the first edition. Yep. So we were kind of looking back at it and really felt there were some really good things in terms of the way we approach digital ministry and and thinking about cultivating um, a real presence and practicing arts of digital ministry. But all the technologies were pretty outdated. You know, when we did that Facebook had just introduced its new cover flow design, mm. you know, like yeah, the, right. with the header image? And now that we're all accustomed to that, and it's basically the format for every other platform right. out there, right? We were replacing all the screenshots in the book with like weeks to go before we went to print. Wow, uh, because they had just changed that. Oh, wow. So, um, so we've updated the older platforms we talked about now, older Facebook, Twitter, blogging, YouTube. And we've added um, all the new platforms since then. So there's a
0: whole chapter on MySpace.
2: And- <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Friendster. Friendster. <laughs> and chat rooms. Chat rooms. AOL. Anyway, right. <laughs> right, yeah. So I'm
0: on AOL Messenger. And I'm thinking about reaching out to somebody. Great. So what are some of the new insights you've discovered?
2: Good question. So um, one of the trends we definitely see is a move toward visual content. Yep, You know, yep. so, um, even in early days with Twitter and Facebook, you know, when you look back on your, you know, this day in Facebook years ago, all of my early posts were just all text posts, text, right? yeah. just the stuff you yeah. wrote. You didn't really put pictures up. And so now everything is visual. Everything mm-hmm. is video. Right. Um, we did a new section on podcasting because that's exploded yep. uh, in just a very short period of time. As you know, you're part of that. Um, And we added in some arts of ministry. So we added in stewardship as an art of digital ministry um, and uh, a couple other ones, and we've added some new profiles. Uh, One of the things we wanted to do in this is, you know, since we wrote that book in 2012, we've been introduced to this whole community of people that are using technology in ministry or writing about it or thinking about it or teaching about it in one way or another. It really opened us up to this really uh, amazing kind of network of people. So we wanted the book also to include more voices more diverse voices um that's really was one of our important goals for for Mm -hmm. the reboot Mm -hmm. and we've done that
1: kind of forecasting a little bit did you were you did you think through that at all as far as uh you know i i know some things come and go like snapchat it's it continues to to build with a lot of younger generation but also i've seen um, that kind of die off a little bit even recently it's not as popular as out there as it as it once was. I mean, forecasting and, and looking at you know what what is the next Snapchat coming up or what is the next platform? Have, have, have you thought about that at all a little bit?
2: Yeah. Well, we're going to save that for the third edition in okay. six years. Good. Good. good, 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 good. <laughs> we'll be talking about artificial intelligence <laughs> and the church. It'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I won't even have to write it. That's <laughs> great. But. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like messaging apps, you know. Uh, whereas we're accustomed to with platforms like Facebook and Instagram, it's like all very public. Um, but there's definitely a movement toward messaging apps where it's individually or within smaller groups.
0: Yeah, yeah, we found that even in our own context is the kids that we interact with, you know, like high school kids. They're not use; they'll use Snapchat with each other, but they don't want to do that with us. So mm-hmm. they'll yeah. we, we'll have like a texting ring going around yeah. with them, and that. That seems to be the way that they'll connect, in that way. Yeah, because then it's pri- you know it's private, just exclusive to the people that are in that group, and it's not going to be out there, and it's
2: safe, right. you know. Yeah, yeah, not for public consumption. Um, yeah, I mean, Snapchat is basically designed to confound anybody that's you know older than a millennial. Right, right, right. Like right. the whole interface of it and how exactly. it works and all that. And we're yeah, my
0: kids make fun of me a lot. Yeah, for not <laughs> using
2: it. Yeah, we got a young, we have a emerging young adult group that we're working with at my church and you know whereas other groups would organize themselves around google groups or facebook groups or you know whatever you know they we're gonna do a snapchat group of Mm. course you know for this leadership team yeah yeah yeah
0: so so one of the things i've always appreciated about you were not just your insights and connections to what's actually happening out there but you're a practitioner Mm -hmm. so you really are living this and and putting it to work in your own ministry context. Um, you know, you serve a fairly large parish, Upper Dublin, and uh, what's what are some of the things you've been working on that, that kind of put some of these great tools to use?
2: Yeah, so um, my current project that I've been heavily engaged in right now is a stewardship campaign Yep. called uh, Changed Lives, Change the World. So that's our theme for this year, thinking about how, you know, as people are a part of our community, their lives are changed or affected or enhanced by... Being a part of this church and inviting people to reflect on that and what it's meant to them. And then also to really celebrate how together we change the world, either in the ministries that we do, we're really committed to outreach ministries in lots of different ways, or maybe individually, you know, in our daily lives at home and work. Um, And so we have this theme, and we're using video storytelling to get at that. And so we've asked a number of members or families in our church to sit for interviews and to ask them a series of questions around. Uh, how their lives are changed, how they change the world, how they're empowered to do that. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been really powerful to, I sat in on all those interviews, so mm-hmm. it was really powerful to just hear, you know, the whole 45 minutes. And right. I knew some of their stories and I was really some, in some cases surprised. Hmm. Um, and there were things that I, you know, didn't know. Not that I would know everything about all my prisoners, <laughs> but <laughs> I knew some of their story and that's why I asked them to participate. Right. But they right, went right. even deeper than that. And, you know, these are just two and a half Minute videos, yeah. it does remind you what a powerful medium it is for storytelling. Yeah, you know, just those two and a half minute videos, and we show two a week for the last three weeks, um, and we've gotten other conversations going at church, so other people can share their stories. So everybody has a chance to reflect on that together, and so that's been really fun. And we've shared that on you know Facebook and yeah, YouTube, I've seen those there, and yep. on on the website, and we're doing screenshots and quotes that we're putting on Instagram as well. So it's a really digitally integrated, basically, uh, kind of branding project, right? So it's the theme, but it's also really, I think, captures so much of who we are that it's almost like rolling out an entire brand within a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. And do
0: you show that, like, in worship? How do you you interface with the congregation with those?
2: Yeah, so we debut them in worship. Okay. We show two a week in worship, maybe in the context of a sermon, maybe just as part of the normal flow of the liturgy. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we post them almost right away. Uh, I haven't gotten to it yet today. (laughs) You know how that is. But uh, we post them right away on Facebook and YouTube, and we put them on our website, and we boost them on Facebook. So, you know, people are more likely to see them over the course of the week. And then we basically will have this whole page on our website that's all these different stories. And the hope is that, you know, oftentimes people are, like stewardship-wise, you know, well, let me see. Let me back up. So, um, you know, sometimes we won't do something for ourselves, but we'll do it for other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like when you see the benefits of what this church means to other people, it reminds you of what it means to you, yeah, but right, also that you want to support the things that it does for these other people and, right. and these stories they, that they tell. So yeah, we'll have, um, a whole catalog of stories that we'll do. And, you know, we'll do a series of them this fall and then we'll see how it goes. And, yeah. you know, maybe even outside of stewardship, we'll continue to do stories or we're inviting people to take their own videos and send them in yeah. or email me their stories. Um, and which has already begun to happen.
0: I was going to ask just what kind of feedback have you been getting from folks there?
2: Yeah, I think the feedback has been really good. So yeah. the first video we showed was, uh, actually the, uh, one of our families and, uh, the husband is uh, our new property superintendent. Okay, and he's the quietest, nicest person ever. Just to get him chatting is sometimes a you know challenge because he's just very quiet and peaceful, and that's what we love about him. And then he was sharing the story, and he talked about the, how he was um, a refugee from Vietnam. Wow. So his dad was a GI, and his mom was Vietnamese, and yeah, they yeah. like were like on one of the last boats out of Vietnam. Wow. During wow. evacuation. No kidding. And wow. he talked about how. This church reminded him of when he came and his father's family met him at the airport or wherever, Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. they got to the States and that feeling of welcome. And he said, that's how this church makes me feel. He's like, I got lucky twice. Wow. 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 And that was the first one. And it's I'm just, not everybody's crying. I was just crying. Saying, <laughs> everybody's weeping in the pew, like, <laughs> okay. uh, Look in your pew, you'll find your pledge card. <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. So <laughs> this <just> was <laughs> that was the first video we showed. They yeah, got that's awesome. Got everybody's attention. Yeah, that's and, amazing. Uh, the feedback's been really good. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, so I'm hoping it'll generate more and more stories. And you know, one of the people I we interviewed said to me afterwards, "Man, it was a really great exercise to think about what this church means to me, because often we don't." Take the time, or we don't invite people to do that, or we're just so busy doing church things that we don't reflect on it. Yeah, Um, and so to invite people to do that, kind of in preparation for stewardship later in November, hopefully, you know, will get us kind of in the right mindset of wanting to continue to support the work in the ministry and the mission that we do. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really
1: so, cool. So walking through the process of of creating these videos, mm-hmm. is this something that you did totally in-house? Is it is this something you hired a videographer to come in and and shoot and edit and, and produce the videos? Can if someone's listening to this and says, hey, this sounds wonderful, we want to maybe try something like this, like can you just walk us through that process a little bit?
2: Yeah. So this time around we hired somebody a videographer to do the work for us so I've done as you know lots of different amateur homespun oh, yeah. video stuff yep. over the years and this time around uh the volume of the number of videos that we wanted to achieve was just impossible to for me to do sure because of my skill level and also and the time involved and so we found a group called Ar- Arsenal Media Works, at, and they're in Philadelphia, and they did some beautiful work for the Presbytery of Philadelphia. Mm. And I'd seen that, and a friend of mine worked for the Presbytery, and, and talked. we were talking about this. And so they uh, came in, they did a beautiful job for us. And, you know, it was just great. Like, you know, you set up this whole podcasting setup, right? Then you're going to go back, and you're going to edit and produce it, and yeah. all the time it takes. And... And everything and you know this time around to have somebody do all of that work to do the setup to do the editing and then he would send me like basically three drafts of it so earlier in oh, the okay, week cool. he'd send me like here's the rough draft of kind of the narrative and the arc of the two and a half minutes and what their story they're telling yeah and then you know they do the kind of editing adjustments and they would put in b-roll footage that they had taken at church and so we over by the court you know by Friday we'd have a finished product that we were ready to show on Sunday.
1: And how many videos did you make?
2: We are going to do, I think, wind up about 10 videos. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think we're going to have like eight interviews, a kind of introductory video for the whole campaign. And then uh, we're doing a fun video for Reformation 500. Nice. Nice. Where uh, we had two of our members who dressed up like Martin and Katie Luther. Awesome. And we did a spoof interview. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we've been doing like we're gonna have like these six like very moving stories, like I was sharing with you. Yeah, uh, you know, for three weeks, and then we're gonna say now we have a very poignant <laughs> video. <laughs> That's and cool. And you know, it's got awesome. kind of a dawdling Martin Luther walking onto the set, and the interviewer is gonna say. Um, you know, please uh, stay and spell your name for us, like they started every interview. Uh-huh. You know, we're gonna do that and put that on camera, and, and you know. So, we, and he asks them the first question. He says, uh, "So, have you been uh, a Lutheran your whole life?" <laughs> <laughs> and it goes from there. Mm, and, no, uh, actually, that, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. Actually, no. <laughs> uh, so, so that's gonna be pretty fun. And that's awesome. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's cool.
0: And you do a lot with family for uh, faith formation too you want to share a little yeah bit
2: about that? yeah uh, I've been engaged in this project we're calling faith at home yeah yeah it's very fancy <laughs> very catchy <time>. type. fancy <laughs> name fancy name um, and this is really inspired by the work of John Roberto who's mm-hmm. a Connecticut mm-hmm. resident not far from here um, and John talks a lot about using technology and faith formation in families so you know fewer people get into our church buildings Um, You know, how do we connect with them? How do we put stuff in literally in the palm of their hands with uh, smartphones? And so we started this inspired by John, this faith at home project. And it just started off as a once a month email where, um, you know, there'd be like a theme for the month. And I just had some resources, prayers, links, videos, just about parenting and faith and, you know, finding moments of grace in the midst of parenting. Um, So, I figured I could commit to a once a month email, right? You know, yep. that was okay. Yep. Like, right. cause it, the danger with L, all of these projects is they're they so snowballed. Yeah, they, they would exactly. just consume you. They're right. so, cause they're so fun. Yeah, they're so exactly. interesting, they're, they're, right? Like yeah. it would, you would just take all your time. So I was like, well, I could do that. And then we've had a, we've, so it's primarily a digital faith formation project. Uh, but we've had a couple face to face in person live events. Mm-hmm. We call them live events cause like real person yeah, live events and we had a pediatrician come and talk about faith and how being a pediatrician has, uh, shaped her faith, Wow! Li- Neat. faith lessons from that. And we had somebody that does uh, mindfulness come in and talk about mindfulness and families and parenting and just mindfulness generally. And so we've had a couple events and we carved out some time on Sunday morning because, uh, our typical adult forum time doesn't really work for some of our younger members, the mm-hmm. ones we're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. So we carved out a second time to kind of capture after the service, most of them go to, so they could roll into that, yeah. make it mm-hmm. easy. And you're right there anyway. And we have yeah. childcare. And so we've had a couple of good experiences with that. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a Facebook live event with Bethany Stoley, who is going to present on social media and teens. Wow. You know, oh, and nice. I, um, So you can use Zoom video calling, and you can stream Zoom to Facebook Facebook Live. Live. So we're going to give that a shot and see how that works. And I'm going to call it Church in Your Pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be 8 p.m. on a Monday night. The Eagles are not playing, so we should be okay. (laughs) Check, check, check. (laughs) We got about halfway through planning. I was like, wait a second. got to check. check," Because like in New England, gosh, you have church at playoff season. The Patriots it's are deadly. playing. Forget yeah. it. Yeah, forget, forget it. it. Yeah. Forget no. So. So yeah. So that's kind of been growing, and we have a little leadership team now that's kind of given it some wings. You know. Uh, also, um, one of those kind of realizations along the way is that, you know, if it's only a side project of mine, right, it's only right. going to go so far, right, because right I on. become the logjam. Yeah. Like in so many ways, like in church, um, and so having this steering team that can help. That's really h- critical. Help yeah. grow it. Um, give it some energy and other ideas has been really great. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah.
0: So you did a podcast with another friend uh, of ours, Martin Melzon during Lent. Yeah. Called, uh, with the OA. Yes. Uh, you want to share a little bit about that experience? Because you, you haven't done too much podcasting up, up till now on, on your own, have you?
2: No, no. That was my first experience. Yeah. Yeah. So Martin and I go kind of way back, New England, yep. Synod Roots. And he was <clears throat> right down the road here, Naugatuck. Yeah. And I was up in Woburn, Mass., and so we've been friends for quite a while, and um, now I find ourselves in different places. I'm in outside of Philly. He's in New York. And we were just catching up, and he was saying, you know, there's this great show on Netflix you should check out called The OA. It's got a lot of spiritual themes, and you might like it. And uh, I've been th- he said, I've been thinking about doing something around that, but I just don't have kind of the platform for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have, like, the group platform setting, so I'm not sure what to do with that. And so I started watching the show and I just thought, well, you know, why don't we just do it digitally? You don't need a group. I mean, I don't, right. I think I'd get two people for something uh-huh. like that. Right, you know, it's right. like, let's watch the OA and <laughs> uh, you know, It's an, it's a, an acquired taste sort of, you know, it's not, it's not everybody's cup of tea. If You're talking about sci-fi, right. spiritual stuff, female protagonist, kind of origin story type stuff. I'm all over that. Yep. I watch that all day, but it's just not for everybody. Um, so I said, well, why don't we, just do it digitally. What do we think? And, and we, we went for it. And so we did a study guide for each episode. There are eight episodes in the season. Uh, and then we did this podcast and that was the first time I ever produced a podcast. So I have way more respect for you, Joe. Um, <laughs> uh, in, in doing the production afterwards because you know, you record it and it's, you know, it's the getting ready and then it's the recording and then it's the after. Yeah. And then you have to listen to that thing probably three times while you're editing, right? So it takes it takes hours it and does. hours to yeah. do. Yeah. So I found some workarounds. Actually, I sent you a message, and you gave me some great advice. And then I found some workarounds um, editing in GarageBand on my Mac, pretty much. And uh, I think it came out pretty decent. It did. Yeah, 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 it was fun. uh, It it sounded okay. So um, that was a good experience, and it was nice that it was kind of time. You know, there were just eight episodes, so so maybe we did ten altogether. So it was kind of limited. It just wasn't. You know, open-ended, but season two is coming. I think early next year, hmm. so we uh, we're going to do, gonna do season two. Right. We're going to do season two. Nice. Yeah,
1: and it's and I think that's really cool to do something because uh, you guys did it around Lent. Yeah, you know, and and I know I I struggle. Most churches struggle with this idea of, oh, we typically have Wednesday Lent get-togethers at at our church with a soup and you know worship or whatever, and that's that's all right, but it doesn't really engage a lot of people anymore. That's mm-hmm. not. I mean, people's right. times are so busy. Yeah. Um, so having something digitally that they still can feel connected, they still can feel their growth and their spirituality, and and to have a little deeper thought like that, I think that I thought that was really really neat. It,
2: it's such a big shift that's happening in terms of content everywhere, right. right? Who who watches live TV anymore? Yeah. I mean, everybody like watches TV on demand. You right. know, when they want to, whether it's on Netflix or HBO go or, you know, other, other things, you know, through like on a, we have Apple TV and you can, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, watch on Apple TV, T- all that stuff. Right. So like the idea of like s- sitting down at a certain time to watch a show, you know, that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> so we, we got to think about that. I think that's one of the big shifts that's happening in content consumption. So churches have to think about that too. Right. Like faith formation. How can faith formation you know, be available basically on demand, right. like when people need it, when they're able to watch it, when they have the time for it. Yeah. You know, so there's always value in gathering together face-to-face. Um, but you know, people are incredibly busy, and they're always on the go. And how can you, in that moment when they're looking for something, pull something up and have that minute, five minutes, ten minutes, hour, you know, to think about that and reflect on that. So the the webinar we're gonna do with Bethany about teens and social media, I hope people will watch, but I'm sure it's gonna get way more views after the fact. Right. When people right. can pull it up. That's been my experience. Time. I mean in yeah. my
0: own and Joe can share this too. I mean, I get more people that watch my sermons online than were in the room. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it's usually like twice or three times as many. Yeah. Kind of depending yeah. on the week. Yeah. People are like well how do you get them here and it's one of those well it's it's not for that right right, right. you know it's right. it's connecting with the other people yeah peace but well yeah. it's
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: when we've done this video stuff too it's it's looking at uh the amount of time that we as pastors take to prepare a sermon mm-hmm. and to have it live in that space once yeah you know, it just seems like a shame, especially with technology, the way it is. I mean, yeah. you take, even take your iPhone and put it in the pulpit with you or carry it with you, you record it and you put it online. And then, like you said, you can reach so many more people. And it's not always about reaching more people, right. but it's, it's about, not, no, it, yeah. it, it's about just the opportunity to spread the gospel. I mean, we've, we've taken that time and energy and effort to put in a public declaration more mm-hmm. or less, and, yeah. and to have that continue to live and continue to inspire and encourage people is, is, you know, it's
2: becoming more and more critical to be able to do something like that. Absolutely. I mean, and that's where I, people
0: are. I mean, that's, yeah. that is the public square.
2: Right. Right. I mean, when I started blogging my sermons years ago. It was like, wow, this is great. Cause like it doesn't live for like those 12 minutes Right, right for right. whoever happened to be there. And they're exactly. not even all my members who are right, there. Right? right. It's only right. part of the church that's there and to make that available for other people to read. And then you know, the long tail of the content right so like then you put it out there right. and it continues to be out there and so it has a life you get that kind of bump right after you put it up or want when it's live but then it's out there for people to discover later right right you know? exactly which is like when we did the OA for Lent it's like it's still there all that content's there exactly you know and there's a context of Lent to it but you can follow along without that um, and when season two comes up I think season the season one content will get a little bit of a bump, you know, of cause course. people go back and catch up and yeah, yeah. all that. So
0: just like know. after this, they'll go back to the interview with Keith Anderson, part one, <laughs>
1: <laughs> something that as we talk, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking a little bit about, uh, especially when it comes to video. So uh, you, at one point did the two minute Bible study and that inspired me to try it for a little bit. I know Jeff's tried it. Oh, I've completely ripped off that idea, (laughs) but it's one minute, one minute, message. (laughs) one minute message. I can't
2: get enough information or content (laughs) for two minutes. That's That's, okay. Two minutes is way too long (laughs) now. I mean, that's also part of the change we're seeing, right? Two minutes, way too long.
1: But I've also seen a trend in, in video to not necessarily have maybe a performance base when you're talking, you know, and kind of talking about the scripture or whatever, but documenting, um, wow. you know, k- vlogging more or less is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I want to hear a little bit about your thoughts about the upcoming Sunday sermon, but also I want to see what you do during the week. I want to mm-hmm. see, you know, a little snippet of the meetings that you go to or hear about them. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Have you, have you seen that at all, a trend leaning more towards documenting rather than like a performance based video.
2: Yeah. I think with the popularity of like Facebook live and people using Periscope through Twitter, you're seeing people just pulling out their phones and going live with it. And so it's not a polished finished product. Right. You know, the two minute Bible studies, I took a lot of, you know, they were nice. It, it took a lot of time, <laughs> they you were know, really nice. it took a lot of time, you know, kind of figure, figure up the set out, set up and, and edit and stuff. And, I've used Facebook Live a little bit. I was on a trip earlier this summer for church stuff and each stop, you know, I do a Facebook Live each day. Yep. And that was just nice just to talk to whoever was there and not feel like, oops, I misspoke. So now I have to redo, redo it. it. Right. And I think that's pretty freeing. You can um, just kind of let it rip a little bit more mm-hmm. and not worry about all the editing and it that makes video more accessible to people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we were looking at uh, we're doing kind of a whole building renovation right now, but one of the things we we're looking at is video, mm. and we talked about do we want camera one, camera two, kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and one of my things was we don't want it to look too produced. You know, there's something to the rough cut of Facebook Live off your phone that's endearing. You know, yes. it's just it has that earthy, more authentic. earthy quality. Yeah, often, yeah authentic yeah. maybe is the right word. It just it feels a little bit. More real, so to speak,
2: right? Than, and I mean, produced. Yeah, I mean, having seen both of your uh, sermons live online, or maybe mm-hmm. after the fact, because I must have been in church. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm it was after the fact. It's like a first person perspective. It is like it's, it's like I'm sitting in the front pew looking at you, right? Right. As opposed to the because that's where the,
0: I shoot it from is my seat. Well, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. So it's not like oh the
2: lighting's just right and the, here I am like right in your face or whatever, and it feels like I'm sitting in the pew watching you. And you can see some of the uh, sanctuary, too, behind you. So you get some of the context It's just not a talking head. I like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of that authenticity, you know, that we keep coming back to, you know, again and again and again, that um, kind of those in-the-moment things that we share um, definitely feel more authentic than a finished, final, airbrushed product.
1: Right. There's a time for, and place for that, too. I mean, the stuff that you're doing mm-hmm. um, with the stewardship stuff, I mean, you want that to be a little more produced and a little more polished. And I think you because you, you have the effect of, you know, engaging people's emotions and stories and really capturing that and honoring their stories. Mm-hmm. But there are also times when you want to get the behind the scenes sort of thing. And you know, with the building stuff that you're doing, Jeff, it's you do Facebook live updates of the building progress. I mean, You don't need to spend hours in
2: the editing room just to show show a wall coming down. But uh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. When people think about using those technologies and, you know, audio, video is so intimidating for people because of all the production stuff that has to go into it. And so, you know, if you think about produced versus unproduced. What is it, like eighty, twenty? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, like exactly the volume of stuff that you would do that's produced versus unproduced. Like you would eighty percent is like just to kind of in the moment and then twenty percent you just wanna get it really nice. Yeah. Because you're gonna use that for a while. You know, it's right. an investment.
0: And I think it's it's worth just lifting up kind of the why behind all of this stuff. It's it's not just to use technology for technology's sake or to use these platforms just because they're nifty and fun to use, but it it's about actually making connections mm-hmm. and it's about actually building the relationships with the people on the other end. Right. You hope, right? I mean, isn't that
2: its yeah. purpose? Right. I mean social media is all about relationships. Exactly. Right. And it's like those thousands and thousands of little moments of connection that build up over time that turn into real Right relationship. And real connection, sometimes partnership. Sometimes just appreciation, sometimes membership, you know, yep. it's right. different for everybody, but it's all about sharing the gospel, right? Yeah. Sharing yeah. the love of God. Yeah. And so if I have this phone that can help me to do that in all these different ways, like why wouldn't I do that? You know, and I speak about this stuff a lot and people are still like kind of confounded by that idea. Uh, We were talking before we started recording, we were just talking about how people's expectations of just do this and more people come to church or attendance will go up or more people come to Sunday school. And it's like, you know, I can't control that. What my job is as a pastor is to share the gospel with everybody I possibly can, given all the ways that I can. And then I've got to just let that, I got to be faithful to that. Yeah. Yeah. And then this little box in your pocket gives you a lot of access that you wouldn't have otherwise. Right. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. Yep.
1: Well, I want to thank you, Keith, for coming and joining us today. I know you have a busy schedule here at the Convocation, and you're headed out. But uh, it was great to, to catch up with you again and to share a little bit more of your story with our audience. And uh, before we end, if there's any any final thought that you want to share, or a, as people want to engage more with this, how
2: can people get a hold of you and, and some of uh, your books and that sort of thing? Oh, sure. Thanks. Um, so I have a website, PastorKeithAnderson.net. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all those places. Um, Click to save. Reboot comes out in the spring, like March 2018. Um, but the Digital Cathedral is still out there and still doing pretty well. Great book. Um, thanks. I recommend it. Yep. Yeah. Love thanks. It. Thanks. Love so it. I'm very happy with that and looking for ways or thinking about ways to continue to build on that work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Keith. Great, yeah. to, great to be with you again in person. It's yeah. Fun.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's great to be together.
1: And so if you want to connect with Jeff and I, uh, you can at TwoBaldPastors.com. So we are the Two Bald Pastors, helping you connect your faith with your life. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. I am Joe McGarry.
0: And I'm Jeff Cinebaldo.
1: Have a great day and be blessed.
0: Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald
1: Pastors.
0: And uh, send a passenger pigeon. Send the what? Send a passenger pigeon. We still ex- oh, still yeah. accept messages that way. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs>